0: Good morning and welcome in everybody. Today we're gonna take a look at a passage of scripture, but before we do that, I wanted to tell you a little story. About two hours south of Seattle in Longview, Washington stands a common tourist attraction and it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Back in 1960, some of the local community members were saddened by the death of numerous squirrels who were trying to cross Olympia Way so that they could gain access to the trees on the other side. So the city took action to remedy the problem. For $1,000, some aluminum tubing and an old fire hose, some architects working on behalf of these little creatures designed a 60-foot bridge to span the gap between the sides of the congested road. Now, it was designed as a catenary bridge with a center section, resembling a small suspension bridge, and it was open for business in 1963, and ever since has been happily used by numerous squirrels to cross over to the other side. It has been aptly named the world's narrowest bridge. And this reminds me of the Christian life. We, too, need to find a way to get across to the other side. We need to get from this world to the next. Jesus came to this world on behalf of sinners to provide us with a path that is found through faith in him and the teachings of his holy word. And Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, it says, "'Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it.'" The path to heaven is a very narrow walk, and to obtain eternal life, Christians are called to a much higher standard than others. While the world might choose to live in fornication and adultery, the Christian life is restrictive of numerous activities that are outside the teachings of our faith. I mean, our moral compass is found through faith in the narrow passageway of Scripture, When others claim that certain behavior is acceptable, the Bible teaches otherwise. When one church group might claim that something is permissible, the Bible clearly condemns it as wrong. As a Christian, we must become narrow minded because the path to heaven is much narrower than you think. We must be focused on doing the will of God rather than the will of the world. Many people who profess Christianity don't like the control and restrictive teachings found in God's Word. So what they do is they try to combine worldly lifestyles with a spiritual one. Instead of being submissive and meek, they have a rebellious streak and want to live their lives the way that they choose, rather than being conformed to the truth. Here begins the downfall of the Christian life. It's the first step onto the wide road. They attempt to keep one foot in the church and one foot in the world. I mean, they want both. But if they truly want to obtain paradise, they will have to get off the fence and reject the ways of the world for the way of Christ. The Christian walk is a narrow and restrictive path of self-denial. It is walking the straight line of truth without veering to the left or to the right. It is turning from sinfulness, crucifying the wicked deeds of the flesh kind of like a tightrope walker. We need to keep completely focused on the narrow path in front of us. God's word is a lamp to guide us through the darkness of this world, and it can save us only when we submit to its restrictions and allow it to convert our souls. Obedience to God will lead to salvation and a better life. We don't want to surround ourselves with those who are still living in the worldliness of sins, but join with others who call on the name of the Lord Jesus out of a pure heart. I've always felt the church is like a spiritual reform school where sinners come to learn obedience to God. It is a spiritual correctional facility where souls are transformed through adherence to God's holy word. You know, in these latter days, many false churches preach tolerance of sins rather than the gospel. Sins are not tolerated within the true church, but rebuked for the purpose of keeping us on the straight and narrow. The Apostle Paul had an impenitent fornicator removed from the church. I mean, he he didn't allow the leaven of sin to continue in the church so as to permeate its borders. The church is like a room full of children who need discipline and correction from time to time so that they can spiritually mature into obedient servants of Christ. It is the narrow path of goodness, righteousness, and truth that leads to eternal life. Which very few people are going to find. While others choose to walk on the plateau of sin, God calls us to climb a spiritual mountain of divine morality. And while others choose to walk in the darkness, it is a Christian who must walk in the light of God's truth. The path to heaven is very narrow, and with a steadfast heart and through a disciplined mind, we must strive to run that race inflexible. Unwilling to change or compromise, completely focused on performing the will of God. Many people call Christians narrow-minded, and really that is the mindset that we must possess, not allowing ourselves to be led astray from the course that God has placed us upon. Our opinions are structured through faith in God's teaching, and His Word is unmovable. We too must be unmovable, resisting the works of the flesh and meekly submitting to God's purpose and control in our lives. Obviously, there are many people who really believe that they will be in heaven, including those who profess to be followers of Christ. But they're going to come short of the goal. This is because the way of Christ is too narrow and confined for them. They disguise the virtues of Christian liberty as an excuse to abide in their sins, blinded to the true freedom which only comes through obedience to God's will. They don't want to be constrained or held back by certain passages found in Scripture. They want to live their lives with a much wider view of salvation and for others to embrace their unbridled opinions with them. Because this would mean that they wouldn't have to repent or change the way that they live. This attitude is a broad way of thinking, and if it's unrepented of, it's only going to lead to destruction. The carnal nature doesn't like to be controlled by someone or something else. It doesn't like to submit or conform to regulations or authority. The sinful nature will rebel against their dad. It rebels against their husband. It rebels against a teacher. It rebels against a policeman. And it rebels against the teachings and the commands of Christ. You see, it desires to be in control, but does not want to submit and be controlled by others. Sometimes children will attend a school, but when they are enrolled, the principal gives them certain rules that they need to abide by. The children are required to wear certain uniforms and abide by a dress code. They might have to wear their hair a certain length. They are required to wear appropriate clothing that does not reveal any sensuality. They might be given rules that they must not speak without raising their hand and to remain in their seats until a teacher releases them from class. Some students cannot handle having to submit to the control of others. And like some people in the military, they eventually wash out. We learn rules each and every day, don't we? As a child growing up, your dad might impose rules that you cannot use a car unless you keep your grades up. Your mother might tell you that dirty boots are not allowed in the living room. Some parents don't appreciate elbows on the kitchen table during dinner. Rules, they're a part of life. Beginning at a very young age, we learn them. Whatever they may be, they help form a structure of obedience so that we can lovingly obey authority and most of all, to obey our loving God. When a wife obeys her husband, she does the will of God and proves her love towards Him. When the children obey their dad, they please Christ and prove their love towards Him. Obedience is the evidence of love. In the carnal state, people don't like rules and regulations. They don't want to be controlled or restricted from living their life their own way. They don't like the narrow and restrictive lifestyle that is taught through Scripture, and they want to embrace a wider view this philosophy is carried over to numerous places that profess to be followers of Christ and they do not want to be restricted by biblical truth so what they do is they open up the door of the church to a wider interpretation of scripture it's an interpretation where sin is permissible and even accepted as the standard for a christian we must understand that god has raised the bar when the world comes short of vaulting over sins When people in the church claim that Scripture is too difficult and restrictive, a man of God must succeed. As an example that it can be done, it may be a high calling, but it is attainable. It may be a narrow path, but it is doable. Proverbs 16.25, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Not everybody will be able to do it. But in order to obtain eternal life, we must choose the narrow way of Christ so that we can cross over into paradise, just like the squirrels going over the nutty Narrows Bridge. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by Google searching TLK JBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms, such as Amazon or Spotify or, or Google Podcasts. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly, along with transcripts at tlkjbc.com. Or I suppose that you could find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you all, and Lord willing, we'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.